We begin this episode of Your Fest with a short statement from Richard John Stewart. In episode 12 of the podcast Your Fest, Test Fest starring Ellie Oldroyd, my brother Tom Stewart stated that I, Richard Stewart, cringe when looking back at my mod phase. This is a completely false statement and I would like to take this opportunity to refute this claim. Uh, I looked back on that. I, I don't cringe looking back at that time of my life. I still have admiration for the style. I just changed and reinvented myself, much like Paul Weller himself. Tom also stated that I tried to bring back being a mod, and again, this is another false claim, somewhat of an exaggeration. All I did was dress like a mod for a couple of years, wear a few Fred Perrys, wear a, wear a Parker, uh, and that was about it. You know, I didn't join a gang or or try and get all of my mates to dress like a mod and and, and join me or, or anything of that nature. So I just wanted to also refute that claim too. Um, as one of the most famous mods of all time said, I don't want to be like everyone else, and that's why I'm a mod, see? So maybe that was in a, in a part of my psyche that I was just trying to be a bit different as, a, as an 18-year-old lad um, growing up 10 years ago. Uh, and finally, Tom said the jam were together for three or four years, and as any self-respecting mod would know, they were together for six years. Thanks, bye. Hello and welcome to Your Fest episode 13, the podcast that is all about music festivals. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Sharples, and I'm joined as ever and always by my mustachioed co-host, Mr. Thomas Stewart. Tommy, how are you today? Very good, Johnny. How are you? I'm very well, thank you for asking. Um, do you want to, for anyone that's not listened to this podcast before, do you want to give a brief explainer of what this podcast is all about? Yeah, every week we get on a guest to talk about their dream music festival lineup. So it's three headliners, dead or alive, uh, of all time. And they have to pick a name and a location for the festival. Perfect. Did it in one take this week. And no, I guess- good that was. I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was. As I was doing it, I thought, yeah, I'm, I've, I've, I've got it here, finally, after... after 13 episodes <laughs> we'll just we'll just edit that out and copy it into all, all subsequent <laughs> episodes we never have to record another <laughs> intro again anyway our guest this week is the fantastic max rushton who you may have seen on his previous role as a presenter on soccer am you may have heard on the guardian football weekly or on talk sport or as a guest on quickly kevin or on the horn section podcast a man of um, many talents and um also tommy's dad's favorite presenter so i think a special place in ian stewart's heart this episode yeah <laughs> i don't i don't actually know what i'm laughing at but yeah it's uh it's quite cute really yeah um he's uh i, I wouldn't want to say my dad's hero but my dad's a massive radio fan and he absolutely loves max rushton and actually Max kindly did a nice little personal message for Ian Stewart after we recorded. So, yeah, nice one, Max. Let's get into it. This is episode 13 of Your Fest with Max Rushton, dedicated to Ian Stewart. Let's go! <laughs> Woo! Max Rushton, welcome to Your Fest and to the Your Fest Planning C- Committee. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, <laughs> right. Thanks for thanks for accepting my 
Well, not accepting necessarily my pitch for the festival, but just hearing me out and hearing about my ideas. I think I've got a lot to offer. And I think I'm offering a festival with a difference. Um, and, and I can't wait to, to get cracking. Um, that is, that is, that, sorry, that is the strongest start we've had yet. Like he's, <laughs> he's, pitching, he's pitching before we've even asked anything. He's worked I mean, in the door I mean and gone business. into a monologue. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean business. I'm looking for a... Uh, I'm looking for a, a £200,000 in return for a 10% snake. <laughs> uh, 10% share of my festival, which is called The Heat. Um, I've, got, I've got my three yearly figures, and uh, yeah, um, I'm hoping to turn over £25 million by year three. Oh, wow. That is impressive. Yeah, yeah. Straight off the bat. Yeah, it's a strong start. Um, before we even get into your, I festival, love that you're taking notes, Johnny. That's good. I'm happy to play the role still, but I don't. I'm not sure this is real. <laughs> he thinks he thinks it is. Right. Okay. All right. Fine. Sorry. <laughs> Just play along. Play along. I've got a ring binder for every guest we've had so far. Oh, with all oh, the spreadsheets that I've prepared after they've, oh, they've left. Um, before we even start on your festival, um, mm -hmm. you have a you have a confession to make. I think. Um, well, I wouldn't say it's, a, it's not a confession. I have a I have a number of potential issues before we proceed. Okay. You, should we work through them one yeah. by one? Okay. <laughs> I don't like big crowds. I think that's fair. I, that's one of the things that puts me off festivals. So. I think what about football enough. though? What about like fo football stadiums? It's got Cambridge. Where, um, no, <laughs> Uh, no, even then, I, 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 like, I don't, if I'm working on a game, it's slightly different. And I, I don't work on that. But, you know, I've sort of created this niche where, despite working in football, I, I go to the Guardian and TalkSport and it's a sort of 20-minute radius from my house. And I cycle there <laughs> and then I watch all the games on the telly and I never have to queue for a wee. And, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, no, I, I, I sort of grew up loving live football and I, I like Cambridge United, but but like Tottenham, my big team, we win things. And I went to a couple of games. And when there's that many people, I'm just thinking, oh, maybe if I leave in like the 54th minute, I can beat the rush, you know, just, and it's such a long I mean, walk to the bus. To be fair, my, my dad used to do that when, um, when we used to go to United matches, um, we would have to look. So we went to the, uh, when we won 8-1 at Nottingham Forest away, mm -hmm. Because um, my sister was in uni at Norwich, sorry, in Nottingham at the time. We left 10 minutes early, and I think we missed three of Solskjaer's four goals. <laughs> my, um, my dad, when he took me to Cambridge like in the 80s, and he'd, sort of, he'd stopped going in the early 80s because of the sort of hooligan problem. And I think we played Millwall or someone, and he made us, he made us run home, like all the way home, like, you know. <laughs> Once you've run for 10 minutes, you're sort of not very near the ground. But we were still running, like, <laughs> half hour all the way home. And, like, there wasn't any trouble, there wasn't any trouble at all. But, you know, we left. Because, like, we'd like to stay to the end, you know, and there weren't many people. You know, there aren't that. You, you can get out. There's no rush to beat at Cambridge. So, so look, look, it's getting back to the pitch here. I don't like yeah. big crowds, right? Oh, I also don't like confined spaces at all. I get empty. I get if... if if I go into like, like an artisan delicatessen with my wife, and this is pre-lockdown, you know, now there's only two people allowed in the shop at any time, and like that's good for me. Perfect. When it gets four or five, especially if 
you know, especially if you're in like one of those plant shops where there are like terrariums with little glass things, <laughs> someone's going to knock something off. People are coming towards me. I just, I go outside. So I don't want con confined, I don't, okay, that's confined spaces. I don't like, I don't really like anything incredibly noisy. Okay. <laughs> so um, I have never taken drugs. I don't want any drugs anywhere near my festival. Um, I don't really like drinking anything stronger than wine. And I don't want, I don't, you know, you've all got a friend who like goes to the bar and then comes back with some tequilas. And I, yeah. and I, I'm just so, I have always been so disappointed in that person, like genuinely, <laughs> like genuinely upset with that person. So, so I don't want any potential of shots. So like I will sell spirits, but only with like, <laughs> like there's, I'm not, I have no shot glasses at the festival at all. I'm not interested in that. Um, I don't, it's invite only. I am 41. I don't, like, I know I, there are so many close friends that I really need to catch up with anyway that I just, I'm not into meeting new people anymore. <laughs> so I don't want anyone to, I don't want anyone to come. Okay. I'll, be, I'll be honest, Max, I'm already worried that your 23 million pound turnover was looking a bit hopeful. <laughs> also, well, Max, Ma Max yeah. Rushton, that's been, that's, that was the shortest ever episode of uh, your fest. It's been wonderful having you on. Also, I really don't like the idea of being in the wrong place, right? So, you know, this is why I could never, like, go to the Ryder Cup, because what if you're on the eighth hole and something really <laughs> good happens on the 14th hole? So when I'm watching Glastonbury on the telly and I'm thinking, well, all right, you know, the Eagles are doing quite a good job on the pyramid stage, but what if, you know... Like, what if the Chemical Brothers are doing something really good in the dance tent? And I know I don't want to be in the dance tent because it's going to be too noisy. And I'm jogging. People there. And, yeah, people might have taken drugs. Uh, but I don't want... So there's only one thing happening at any one time in my festival. There's not... I like that. I actually... I, 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 think that's, yeah. I think that's actually a good idea. I don't want any choice. I also <laughs> have, also have a, a lot of issues with camping. And oh. so it is a, it's, it's, a, it's a, just a one-day affair because I want everyone to be able to get home in good time and get into their own bed because it's much, you're much happier if you are. I, I, I think you're going to probably be like your dad with that, um, with that match in the eighties. I think you'll yeah. be rushing away 10 minutes early from your own oh, festival. Abs absolutely. I, I'm no, no bands, no bands are allowed an encore in case Max misses it because he's yeah. already started his run back to the hotel. Yeah. I mean, whether any bands are allowed to come at all is a, you know, <laughs> it's an interesting point. So, so Max, this festival so far is just you and a few guests sat in, sat yeah. in a very open field. Yeah. yeah. 10 minutes. No, no, I mean, I've got a real plan for how it could work. Um, but yeah, I, that's what we're here for, mate. Yeah, I had a wedding. I got married a couple of years ago. And then we had a party the year later. And I had all my friends, people I liked, and my wife's friends, and people she liked, in a room with a band. And we danced. And that was really fun. And I, you know, I didn't need, I didn't need, like, extra people to make it busier at the bar, like, to increase my enjoyment of, of the affair. <laughs> If it, makes <laughs> it, if it makes it a bit easier for you, you're more than welcome to renew your vows on the main stage at the beginning of the festival, just to make it more... Okay, more to make it feel... No, but we didn't... No, we wouldn't like it to be that showy, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Is Barry Glendennan at your festival? Um, In any capacity? I mean, I mean, I sound like, you know, I don't think he'd want to go. I mean, let, I invited him to that party 
and he texted me the day before saying it's not really my side of thing. So yeah, <laughs> fully, really? fully catered, you know, venue paid for, band paid for. Fortunately, some other people that like me decided to come, and they didn't all text me the day before saying, "I don't, I can't be bothered with this." But and, you know, I haven't held it against him, of course. <laughs> um, so you've. Um, have you ever been to a festival before, judging no. by ju no, never. <laughs> judging by this long list of conditions, it would be uh, very difficult to find a, a, a festival you know that meets everyone. Do you know what the thing is? It's like you know when you're in your twenties and you have to like you have to pretend to like going out and going <laughs> and yeah. and I just like I I moved to Berlin when I was eighteen, um, sort of in my year off. And I don't really know why I went. I just, you know, I think my parents were like, when you go to Berlin, that'd be fine. I was like, all right, fine. And, and I was, you know, and, and like growing up in central Cambridge was, uh, you know, it's amazing. I'm, I'm, you know, as, you know, you could be quite square if you came out of central Cambridge, but somehow I've become this, you know, I'm, <laughs> no, so this like, edgy, this maverick exactly, renegade this that we see before exactly, us. Exactly, exactly. So, so I was just a massive nerd. And I and like Berlin in like the late nineties was just ludicrous place, and they didn't go out until like midnight. And I was living with all these people who must have been like in their mid twenties, so I was sort of slightly in awe of them. But I obviously was just incapable of of like pacing in my drinking or anything, so I would just be drunk, and they would base and I'd fall asleep. I always fell asleep at like eleven o'clock. I have so many stories of like falling asleep in a in a nightclub toilet or just falling asleep on a speaker. <laughs> And not being able to hear for weeks and they would basically they'd carry me to this club and i'd just be asleep in this like really like like probably some of the coolest edgiest clubs in east berlin in the late 90s and i just slept through all of it and if i was awake i just think this is really noisy i'd always i always wanted to be in the chill out room whenever there was a nightclub there was always there was always, there was always one room where the, the lighting was slightly blue and they were just playing Groove Armada quite <laughs> And I'd always- where the, my, where, where the stoners would hang out, but yeah, you're not but, a stoner. But you also, you could hear what people were saying to you. It was much, you know, you could hear yourself think. Like, like that was always the room I wanted to be in. So, so I'd never been to a festival, ever. Um, I was, I did go to Live 8, right? I was, I was working for the BBC at Live 8. <laughs> And so, 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 <laughs> <laughs> so I was in, I think I was in this thing called the golden circle and I had this, uh, I mean, I clearly like, I don't know why I was asked to do this because, um, you know, my music knowledge is not amazing, but basically I had to watch the acts and then run backstage and interview them. Right. So it was just quite a surreal day where I just sort of go, Oh, that's REM. And then run back and then just ask them how it was. And then I don't know, raise a light and then do that or who else was there i think i remember snoop, watching it snoop, I... snoop dog i interviewed snoop dog that i mean yeah I... did pink floyd reform for live eight as well uh, they i can't did. remember i don't think they i interviewed did, yeah. pink floyd I interviewed were you Bill... so we were you doing it live because i i remember yeah. like my my mom and dad were like this this is going to be great like you'll love because of how good live aid was so we sat like the whole day and watched it kind of as a family. 
So I would have been watching you doing that. Would have been you doing that, right? No, like, but I was on the, on the radio. No, it was on the radio. So I was, I was right. In, okay. I, okay. BBC London. So like we were doing, we had all the access, but no one was listening to us. It was like perfect. <laughs> and and and, uh, and I remember Bill Gates was there, and everyone was being very, you know, he was being very serious. What and was, was his like, set this, like? Oh, it was really good. So. <laughs> <laughs> he did some of his just acoustic B-sides and they he were did really the, this, this, the start button noise, he did the shutdown yeah. noise. <laughs> but no, I did like I was I was sort of I was sort of trying to be edgy. So I just asked him how you get rid of the paperclip, you know, when it <laughs> I'm trying to write a letter and he must have looked at me going, who is this absolute twat? So that's <laughs> that is that is as close to a festival as I've ever been, I would suggest. And I I think growing up. I did go to some gigs because other people were going to gigs. Sort of trying to think, sort of like menswear. Maybe Ned's Atomic Dustbin. Or, I mean, I'm trying to think if I was old enough. Shit Britpop, basically. At that, that, shit, at shit that time. And then, but then I didn't go to Nebworth with everyone else. I was like, that sounds awfully noisy, you know. <laughs> but like, Were I you did, into Oasis, though? Were you into yeah, like, the music yeah, at the yeah. time? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, think, I think the music that you listen to when you're, what, 16, 17 is the sort of seminal music in your life. And Definitely. that was sort of Blur Oasis you know, et cetera, et cetera, all that sort of lot. But, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to get too much into my set. I think I've, I haven't oh. really read, haven't really read the rules carefully enough because I've got too many acts performing. But I hope it's, it's fine. You, um, oh you no, were... I tell you what though, I did, I did uh, at, at university, we had a, we had like a university ball and that felt a bit like a festival because there was different rooms and different things happening. And I seem to remember Noel Fielding <laughs> doing a set and me what? asking him how to get into comedy afterwards. I mean, he must have been really young, because I'm, you know, like, he's, I don't think he's that much older than me. Hi there. Who are you? I'm old Greg. Pleased to meet you. Um, so you went, to, you went to uni together? No, 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 no. He was like, like, at, at, at uni, they got, like, they had, like, quite a big budget for some reason. So we had the fun-loving criminals playing <laughs> our Jesus. college ball. And I seem to remember, either sharing a dodgem with one of the fun-loving criminals that wasn't you, <laughs> or driving into one of the fun-loving criminals that wasn't you. And then I think two years later, I think Finley Quay played, and he, he seemed awfully tired. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it was his best. I don't think he was giving it everything. You know, he didn't leave it all out on the pitch that day. <laughs> we had so you know you asked, you know you asked, sorry, you know you, know you asked Noel Fielding, to get into comedy were you considering mm. that as a career at some point <laughs> it sounds like a funny question i don't know really i just didn't know what to do with my existence i think like a lot of people and a lot of people i knew were becoming lawyers or on this thing called the milk round where like companies that did things that you didn't understand paid you lots of money to go and i don't know do things and they all had the word consultant in them and lots of my friends were sort of going in to do those kind of things. And I just thought that didn't sound like a whole lot of, that didn't sound fun, you know? 
at the same time, you know, I left university and was working in a porter cabin doing data entry. So that also wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I really wish you'd done stand-up. Sorry, mm. Jenny, you had a question. Yeah, I was just going to say, when you um, you worked at Soccer AM, obviously, mm. were there a lot of, you obviously had a lot of bands and musicians on there. Yeah. How, how many of them fancy themselves as footballers and how many how many footballers fancy themselves as musicians? Do you know what, do you know my biggest fear is, right, is being put in a room with all the bands that were on Soccer <laughs> AM and I can't leave the room until I've put them all into their you know i formed them all correctly like yeah who who are who are the cribs and who are edi- and who are editors and as if you fuck as if you said the cribs i watched that two days ago not even anything to do with this interview i've just been listening to the cribs again and it came up on my suggested my, you and uh you interviewing the, the cribs, cribs and Johnny are really, I, I seem to remember the cribs are really nice did, and, did one yeah, and they look, don't like, and they don't like football no did one of them look a bit like henry the third or something you know yeah. like is that yeah, yeah, yeah so like Paul Ecker. He was really nice. There was one who had, oh, there was one band, and, and one of them was really long. He had blonde hair and he was Swedish. And I think I see him about. I think he might live around where I live. Uh, but I, I honestly, I had this. I had, uh, <laughs> I bought my flat 10 years ago, and I was walking around Waitrose, and I just saw this bloke, like in the, you know, the baked bean olive oil, that sort of, you know, <laughs> cooking yeah. curry sauce uh, chickpea aisle. And I was like, I know who that is. And we just sort of nodded and exchanged, you know, we sort of nodded and we're like, okay, fine. And then we just sort of, you know, when you nod at someone in the supermarket, you see him about five more times. And it took me about five times to realize that that was Ricky from the Kaiser Chiefs. <laughs> and I think I think I'm not sure he ever picked it with me, to be perfectly honest. Um, oh, disappointingly, God. he moved he moved to another part of, of of town, so I don't see him in my local waitress anymore. But yeah, I, I mean, That's I sad. interviewed so many. I mean, so many bands, and you know, and and in a way, it's not fair, is it? Because there are so many people who love like love music and live for music, and I I I think there's a big sort of link between sport and music in this kind of they create things that they create emotions that probably most there aren't maybe film does as well but in a slightly different way i think they stir emotions in people that i don't think anything else does but it is sort of not really fair that i interviewed all these performers and like some you know like we had noel gallagher on who was brilliant actually and we had lots of up-and-coming ones and lots of rappers and and i'm just sitting there sort of twee middle-class man going ah so how was how was how was the rapping yesterday? You know, <laughs> Flow Rider and Flow Riders. There going. I don't know. You know Did you actually like, have Flow Rider on? Yeah, Flow Rider on. I think we had we had a, we had. Is it D Twelve? Who apparently something quite extraordinary. Or were they? Were they? Yeah. D- yeah. Eminem is collective. Yeah. Fine. I mean, they seem they seem quite nice to me. But Eminem was a funny. But what was funny? I was saying this in another pod. Uh, the other day, like, like when you look at the Soccer AM sofa, and we had one show where we had Uwe Rossler, Carl Kennedy from Neighbours, and Mark Ronson. And you're like, <laughs> those three people are never going to meet unless <laughs> we put them on this show. Yes. Um, so, so uh, I don't remember the question, but yes <laughs> is the answer. Do you, do you feel like, do, 
do you often get do you still get that now like even with your job now or do you feel kind of more secure about it like a sense that you're a bit of a fraud I know everyone gets it to an extent I mean I'm not even like famous but I even just working on like where I work and sometimes I think like I don't I don't deserve to be here um I think I mean, a lot of people still would say I'm a fraud. I mean, like on a daily basis. On, on, <laughs> I'm not saying that, uh, on, by the on way. Social media. No, that's okay. Uh, so come on, podcast. <laughs> <and trolls>. That's <laughs> quite a good idea. That's quite a good idea for one, isn't it? Um, no, I, no. Do you, know, do you know what? I just, I, 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 it sounds really cliche, but I, I, I think you find that like people are just like all right, most of them, you know, and so you don't. Yeah. You, and also when you're doing a job, whatever it is, like I, I think Soccer AM at the start, I was just terrified and I'd never done TV and I was very lucky to get that show and I was, uh, and I wasn't myself for a bit or I was, you know, I was trying to be more laddie than I am. And then when I just was like, well, you know, it's because worrying about your contract and all that. And actually when you stop and think, oh look, this is fun. I just want to enjoy this for as long as I enjoy it. Um, then you you are better at what you're doing as well, I think. But I don't think I ever, I, I suppose what I generally think is if I can do whatever I happen to be doing and make a living, then anyone else can, right? You know, and, and like young, young people who are worried, don't know what to do with their life. I would always, if they wanted to do something fun, present or, you know, perform or act or whatever, you might as well try it because it's not a meritocracy you know the best ones aren't at the top and the worst ones aren't at the bottom you've got to have a total mix of ability and luck and timing and you know if I think about all the, the gigs that I've got I got Soccer AM out of the blue because they decided they didn't want to keep Andy Goldstein probably the, the day before I sent in a showreel that I wouldn't have made if I hadn't been replaced on BBC London by Paul Ross on a you know a, and and I wouldn't have got the Football Weekly if James Richardson hadn't left a week before the season started, you know, two or three years ago. So, yeah. Well, you're, you're, de you're definitely not a fraud because uh, my father, Ian Stewart, thinks you're the best broadcaster. Ah, yes, he's Ian. Ev he's ever, ever heard. Ever heard. Honestly, he said, he said, he said, he said, you're the, he's an avid radio, like, like he, he mows the lawn and listens to TalkSport or Five Live. Mm -hmm. Well, he doesn't listen to, he mainly listens to TalkSport now, but um, yeah, he's, he thinks you're, and, I mean, we're massive cricket fans, so Test Match Special, obviously. But yeah. you think, yeah, he, Jen, he said that the other day, as I, as I said to you before we were recording. Why? Has Why, he listened, Max Rostov? Ha, has he listened to no other broadcasters? <laughs> <laughs> I, know, um, I was as surprised as you, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, well, listen, I, lo I, I love Ian. And for every Ian, there are lots of people who text me in capital letters who don't share his opinion. So that's the best thing about you, like how, how well you deal with it, like the, the trolls, it's, it's brilliant. Mm. Uh, speak, speaking of which, you obviously turned some of the trolling into a song. Hi guys, um, I've seen a lot of other singers have been doing free concerts and things like that. So I wanted to just put out my latest single for free. Um, and it's quite apt because it's just a collection of messages that I've received from fans over the years. It's called uh, In Your Back Garden. Shut your mouth, scumbag Rushton, before you get fist and anus in your back. 
garden You special fuck You've got a face like a melted wheel of bin I've never hated someone without meeting them prior but in your case I think an exception can be made hash tag bell with hashtag web why? Mm. Um, were you tempted to pick yourself for the festival, um, going on the main stage and singing some no, of these songs? No, no. I mean, I like. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy if you would like to, you know, you can play out this podcast with either of the songs. One is called <laughs> "In Your Back Garden" and one is called "Thunder." Oh, Away. we will. Um, we will. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the, you have to credit a big dutty who sent the message. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Scumbag looks before you get fist in anus in your back garden. Because if you break it down, A, is in your back garden a euphemism? Because his fist is already in my anus. And as Barney Ronay, <laughs> as, as, I mean, excuse the language, uh, as Barney Ronay pointed out, if, if what he wants to achieve is for me to shut my mouth, I'm not sure those actions will lead to me shutting my mouth. <laughs> 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 but Quite the but, opposite. I, Quite but the opposite. I, I, I did get a record deal when I was at Soccer AM from Amy McDonald's manager. And it is, uh, it, it's a ludicrous story. And you know, once again, there are probably people here who are listening to this who are really good at music, who will be like, <laughs> It's quite a long story, but I'm happy to tell it. And you can cut tell it. it mate. I, I told it on the horn section, and Alex Horn sped it up to like times three because <laughs> that, that podcast is not an interview-based podcast, is it? Let's face it. Um, no, go for it. Go for it. And, and so, so Joe Calzaghi came on Soccer AM, right? And I said to him, "Look, your dad was your trainer. Does that make it easy? Because you say, oh, dad, I can't be bothered. Or does it make it hard? Because some dads." push their children my dad really pushed me to do my clarinet practice right <laughs> and and I thought it was quite a funny line you know <laughs> it's meant to be this cool football show and I'm talking about playing the clarinet which is let's face it is not a cool instrument in anyone's book <laughs> and after the show the the producer was like never mention your clarinet again <laughs> and, and and this may be apocryphal so this may not be true but in my mind he sort of went you know northerners will think you're gay or something like that <laughs> What the uh, for real? Like, and 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 and, and if that didn't happen, I apologise. But like, it was definitely like people will think you're an idiot or you're not cool enough or whatever. So then right. it was sort of like red rag to a bull. So every time a band came on, I was like, yeah, but this is great. There's no clarinet on this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like the irony was, I'd literally not picked the clarinet up since like 2001. I mean, you'll remember, you'll remember listening to uh, Cambridgeshire County Youth Orchestra second clarinet. Of yeah, yeah, that's where... Prefer their earlier stuff, but... That's yeah, no, no, fair enough. Um, classic, and, classic. And, uh, 
It ended up with me playing the EastEnders theme on the clarinet while Dion Dublin hit his jube, right? <laughs> <laughs> Amy McDonald came on and she <sighs> said, she was just, you know, she, she, I was like, your album's out, it's a great album. How come there's no clarinet on it? And she was like, well, why don't you come and do it on the next single? And I was like, all right. And then obviously a lot of things are said on telly or on radio or whatever that never come to fruition. But her manager was like, Does, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, of course. And then they wrote this part, which had so many flats in it, it was like really hard to play. And I hadn't played for so long. So I practiced for hours and hours and hours. And uh, we did the video, uh, it's a song called Love Love, and I play a busker in a video. It's so ridiculous. Fuck off. I know. And then we played the Hammersmith Apollo, right? In the, in the encore at the Hammersmith Apollo, it's like 5,000 people. <laughs> I come on my clarinet and it, honestly, I cannot explain to you the, 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 the sort of adrenaline rush was like unbelievable. And I played it and I squeaked my way through it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have the monitors in my ears, which is the mistake musically, but who gives a shit? It was absolutely amazing. I, I, I would only compare that to when me and Helen went on, uh, what's that musical? What's the rock musical? Uh, rock of Ages. Yes, Rock of Ages. We did the last dance in Rock of Ages. And then they surprised me by handing me electric guitar and I played White Snake. Here I Go Again. <laughs> oh. And they were already standing and I got, and I was in like full makeup with like the, you know, with like skinny jeans and a vest and like eyeliner and, and this massive wig. It was fucking brilliant. So, so I played the, the, the Hammers of Apollo and, and we'd recorded the single in the studio. Um, and I'm like, I'm not, I make that sound like I'm in studio. I know you keep, you keep saying, you keep saying weird, you keep saying weird as well as if yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it your band. It was just another collaboration that we did. Um, <laughs> So anyway, did the, did the thing in the studio, played it, you know, and it was like, well, this is fun. And there are all those people pressing the buttons like you see in people, you know, films of people making music videos. And I, and I genuinely, I was like putting my clarinet away and just sort of singing the song because I'd heard it about a million times. <laughs> and Amy McDonald's manager goes, oh, you can sing a bit, can't you? And I was like, <laughs> well, I mean, you've heard this, like, I'm, I'm sort of in tune. It's how I, you know, I'm like, I think I can hold a tune, but I you know, I'm not Catherine Jenkins, right? I think that's it's fair to say. And he was like, well, why don't I sign you? I was like, what? And then Trev, one of the blokes, the producers of Soccer is a massive cynic, just looked and was like, oh, fuck, he's never gonna shut up about this. And <laughs> so anyway, I was like, 
well, he was like, well, let's go for a coffee. I was like, sure, we'll go for a coffee. You know, I like coffee. And um, met him for a coffee and he was this really lovely bloke. And he just said, look, do you want to do a football song? I was like, no, definitely not. They're all <laughs> shit. I hate them. Don't want to do one. Um, you know, New Order and, and Bedin and Skinner aside, don't want to do a football song. And, um, <clears throat> and I was like, look, I've, I played the guitar a bit. I've been learning for a few years because I always hate people who are playing guitars you know, when you're backpacking and you can't play guitar and just want to be able to do more than words. So, you know, that. And he was like, all right, well, look, why don't you, I tell you what, just why don't you see if you can write some songs? I was like, all right. And he went, I tell you what, I, the guys at Warner Music owe me a favour. So he rang him and he went, oh, no, I've got this idea. Oh, he went, yeah, okay. Yeah, I've just got you a publishing deal. So they, <laughs> they gave me quite a lot of money. Like, not, not life-changing, but like enough to have a really amazing holiday. And they said, just... <laughs> go and write some songs. And so I wrote some songs about this girl who I really liked, who wasn't interested in me, who I'm now married to. And uh, they're, they're tragically bad. Well, I, I think if Adele sang them, she'd probably sell a few, but like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna publish, you know, I, I can't be a singer, right? I'm full of Where are they? Hair. They're just, well, they're just probably on a file on the laptop, you know? Um, so they've not been released? No, oh, never, no, no, no. And in fact, what, the, thund oh tune, the, tu the tune to Thundering Weapon was actually a song I wrote, like a sort of mournful track about waiting for this girl who wasn't interested. <laughs> so you know, but but the way I, no, the way I looked at it is if you if you like if you oh. when you learn to play the guitar, I don't know if I, I presume I'm guessing you've picked up a guitar. I play guitar. Right. I play guitar. Yeah. So you play guitar, and and when you go say, oh, I want to play with or without you and you go oh that's just those three chords and then you find every yeah. band has written like 20 songs with the same three chords and you think well yeah. i might as well try and write a song with those three chords it's probably going to be shit but i'll give it a go so i wrote all these songs and then it all just fritted out and nothing really happened but I, you know, <laughs> and, then I, and it was great about about a year ago i got a letter from warner music going the deal's finished we wish you the best of luck with your career going forward you know that sort of you know the sort of heartfelt <laughs> i was like yeah. oh, that's all right so does that mean I don't have to pay? I don't have to pay you back now. I don't think. <laughs> no idea. It's completely ridiculous. I, 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 my, <laughs> but, my, but Dion Dublin was human. But yeah. he, he did the original club. He was like Pete Best in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> my main, my him. main, my main take from that is. Uh, the fact that you learned guitar in the first place out of spite. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't. Well, you didn't learn well, for a passion of wanting to play the guitar. It was uh, you no, learned totally. out of spite. In, in the soccer AM sort of early years, like you'd finish the season in May, and they'd say, "Can you can you be August the sixth? And you'd be like, "Yeah." So then I'd have June and July, and obviously all my mates were sort of married and had jobs, so I would just fly to South America and just sort of be the weird old guy in the hostel. And occasionally, <laughs> and occasionally people would be like, I need the guy off, I need the guy off Soccer AM. What are you doing in, you know, McTiverney's backpackers in Buenos Aires? And I'd be like, well, I've got to be somewhere, I guess. And so, so there, there were lots of guitars about, you know, lots of people playing Jack Johnson, just being guitarists. And I thought I'd better yeah. try and fit in. Wow. Um, also, I was gonna say, that, that whole thing about the, um, uh, about playing live, like I've never, I've been in bands over the years. I think the most I've played to is probably about a thousand people in Stockholm. Actually, wow. we've already, I've, I've spoke about this on enough. Basically, I was on a band. I was in a band a few years ago um, who were signed to a Swedish label, and so we used to go and play in Stockholm a lot. 
even that, like, you know, you said about the, uh, the feeling, the adrenaline, I can see why so many musicians become drug addicts, you know, like Keith Richards. And I think he said it in his book, there is nothing, there's no feeling I've ever had. And mm. this is only a thousand people. Not, I, can't, I can't imagine what playing Wembley Stadium's like, but the feeling of playing live in front of people who are actually there to see you and enjoying it and getting like clapped afterwards. I imagine it's the same with, I don't know, maybe footballers when you score a goal or something, but the adrenaline is like nothing I've ever experienced. Yeah. And, and you Which is why Keith Richards goes and takes heroin yeah. because he needs something yeah, to I, kind of supplement it. I, I you know, I, I agree. I mean, obviously they hadn't come to see me, uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But the feeling afterwards was, yeah, it's that kind of sort of, you don't really know what to do. Like you're sitting having a beer afterwards or you're chatting to someone, but you're sort of in this kind of weird, yeah, this totally strange, like fake, like adrenaline buzzing situation. As I said, I'm, you know, as someone who's never touched any drugs, maybe that's what, what happens. But I, I, I just, yeah, I found it quite like amazing. And, and, and I, you know, I guess I wouldn't have minded being a rock star, but I don't think, actually, I think being that or being an elite sports person, I think is not the path to happiness. You know, you're much, it's much easier to be happy if you're sort of, your real high is getting the remote in time to switch off the one show and being like, oh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that is, that's adrenaline for me. Like you get there just to be like, you hear the... Ba, 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 ba. And you're like, ah, shit, get Channel 4 News on. That's, um, that's for all of us out ever getting Matt Baker on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. He was, he was a dream guest, man. He's booked in next week as well. Um, <laughs> moving, on, moving on to your festival. Um, yes. Not that we have any, you, you don't have much to base yours on. Um, but um, we need a name and a location so we can go to the local council with it. Uh, uh, it's called uh, The Heath. It's at Hampstead Heath. Um, nice because... and simple. Hampstead Heath is really nice, and it is. If the weather's good, I can get like a, an Uber bike twenty minutes home, uh, or it's. Or I get the I get the Northern Line without no changes. All the considerations are how quick you can get away from it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, you said if the weather's good, it's no, obviously what the weather is. Okay. Yeah. No, it's a really nice. Because Ed, nice... Ed Gamble said he he hates he hates heat, so he had. He's, he had a, he wanted to wear layers. He had twelve degrees, and I think he might be the only person who'll say that. I, I thought it was weird, but yeah, I don't. I'm not having that for one minute. I don't trust him. Um, <laughs> but I like off menu. Uh, uh, Love it's, it. It's a really good podcast. We've done a lot of episodes of this podcast now. Actually, quite sort of. I, I can't remember. I think somebody noticed that, like in the in the heat of the of, of the pandemic. And there were all these COVID nineteen podcasts and BBC News podcasts, and like Off Menu was one, and Football Weekly was two. I think Nish Kumar was like, "I love that you idiots," uh, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, and "I was like, Off Off Menu have got to go to Middlesbrough and get something," you know. <laughs> so then I thought, "Oh well," and then I thought, "Look, I'll I'll direct message them and say, look, I've got a microphone. If you don't have any guests, so it turns out they've been to America and then." You know they get an amazing set of guests, and what a brilliant idea for a podcast because everybody eats food, right? And you know, I'm, I uh, and my but my wife would leave me for James Acaster in a heartbeat. So uh, yeah, I leave yeah. my girlfriend for James Acaster. Um, uh, so yeah, it's Hampstead Heath. The weather is it's not like it's not stifling. I'm saying it's like 22, the high <laughs> of 20, high of 25. 
and really sort of balmy evening, but with a bit Perfect. of a cool breeze. So I like how specific we're sort of getting with temperatures now for festivals. It's mm. uh, it's a nice. It's thing. important though, man. It is important. Not one, not one of the questions we considered when we started this podcast whether we should ask a question about what temperature people would prefer. No, it's key, absolute key. If it's <laughs> raining, yeah. it's just move to the next day until it's that. Just <laughs> <laughs> going it indefinitely. That means less people can might might make it as well, which is a good thing for I, you, right? Ideal, ideal. If people can't change their plans, and that, in fact. <laughs> In fact, if most of my friends can't make it, I don't know about you, like, I arrange things all the time and then on the evening, I'm like, why have I arranged? Yeah. yeah. Now I can see all my friends on Zoom. Fucking brilliant, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I've just yeah. got a bad connection. I'm just, sorry, bye. Uh, sorry, anything like that. That's what exactly. <laughs> when you're fed up, I'm talking to them. Um, so should we, we'll go to your first headline. You say we're having it all on one day. Is there a specific day? Of the, obviously, it can change depending on the weather. But is there a specific day? Is it a Friday, Saturday or a Sunday, Monday? I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind what day it is. But it starts at 10 a.m., okay? With a... <laughs> That's incredibly early. It starts at 10 a.m., and I am a stickler for punctuality. If anyone's late, then they can't come. <laughs> and Doors open at 10 a.m. and close at one minute past 10. Yeah, oh, what's the cutoff? Be... Is it five past or one? I'd say... One past? I, no, probably, like, if you're there by quarter past. But, but it's not like get there at quarter past to be like fashionably late i want to be if we all start early we can finish early and get home it's your own time you're wasting exactly and it, we're going to begin right with a kind of what i want is a, a sort of a hotel buffet breakfast <laughs> it's sort of continental <laughs> but you can get a really good fry up and the key with a good fry up is that every constituent part is good so i don't want like the scrambled eggs that's been in in water for the, i don't want that so i want a really good Ugh. fry up but while that's happening, this is the first musical part of the... So we're in a kind of... It, maybe it's a marquee. Maybe it's like I've, I've built like a kind of really nice sort of <laughs> restaurant. But like not, not flashy. I don't like fancy places. It's sort of like a sort of brunch type cafe. And I've built that in Hampstead Heath. I'll take it down because obviously it's a protected land afterwards. <laughs> and while that is playing, I'm getting live acoustic sets of the whole of now that's what I call music 12. Okay. <laughs> Who by? Who's doing it? So now Jack 12. Johnson. No, 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 no. It's 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 each each individual artist will play their one song and then leave. Oh wow. Oh. Okay. So I've 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 cut out a few that I didn't really want, but so so while, but, but people aren't really paying them a lot of attention because they're getting their eggs poached in front of them. They're sitting down, you know, there's tables of four, tables of six, depending on who you want to sit with. Yeah. Wet, 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 begin with, with a little help from my friends. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, oh then, then Belinda Carlisle comes on to play Circle in the Sand. <laughs> Maxi Priest does Wild World. Aswad come on for Give a Little Love. Kalani Fisher do Love Changes Everything. The Hot House Flowers, it's quite upbeat, so we're starting to get excited about the day. Don't go from the Hot House Flowers. That, that energy is continued by Danny Wilson with Mary's Prayer. <laughs> then it gets a little bit edgy, because you've got Doctor, Doctor and the TARDIS from the Time Lords. <laughs> An acoustic version of Doctor. Yeah, yeah true, yeah. Boys by Sabrina, and I Think We're Alone Now by Tiffany, which is a real high point for everybody. <laughs> yes.
in the room. Yes. We bring it right down. Maybe this is when the second copies come out with Nothing's Gonna Change My Life <laughs> by Glenn Medeiros. Uh, then we really, we amp it up at the end of breakfast with theme from S-Express by S-Express, push, push it by Salt and Pepper and Car Wash by Rose Boys. <laughs> Why? Who didn't make Why? the cut in that? Who got who got um, ruled out? I didn't feel that Phil Collins in the air tonight. Just I didn't think it, it fitted with with what the sort of vibe I was trying to bring to the breakfast buffet. And there were a couple of songs I didn't remember. There was one by Johnny H. Jazz that I can't remember. But that was the first now that I had on double cassette. Is it the first album right. that you bought at all then? The first album I bought was Bad by Michael Jackson, and the first single I bought was the Anfield Rap. <laughs> we, can get, we can get John Barnes in to guest on every single one of these. No, he hasn't made the cut. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> we yeah, should, we I was thinking, uh, you know, you said uh, no in the air tonight. Is it because I'm thinking maybe the intensity or the fact it wouldn't lend itself to an acoustic set? You know, mm -hmm. the, the main bit of the song is the drum bit, right? Of like course, the, yeah. doo -doo, doo -doo. Yeah. I mean, what is he going to do that on a bongo or a dube, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah I, I totally agree. It's nothing against Phil Collins, who I think, you know, I, I, I think he gets a, you know, a sort of a, I, I don't love Phil Collins' music, but I think he probably gets a bad rap in the, in the whole to the, the genre of music critique these days. And I find music snobbery really quite frustrating. Yeah, and I you think, know. you know what, I, I think that might stem from Noel Gallagher in... I remember like an Oasis interview. I was watching it the other day and he, he says, uh, basically says, I don't know, someone like Phil Collins is AIDS or whatever he said back then. Yeah. We yeah, I think you're right. But I have this, I really think that, you know, people who love Oasis, right, or love Noel Gallagher and who hate, I don't know, Radiohead, and you think, well, actually, Tom York could have written a song that Noel Gallagher's written and it would sound slightly different and you'd love it, but you hate it because they've written it or Coldplay or whatever, you know, and you think, well, you know, I just, if I like a song, I, I like it. I mean, I have made my biggest mistake probably in my life was on a, on a mixtape, taping over Wish You Were Here, um, Pink Floyd with Top Loaders Dancing in the Moonlight. I'd like to apologise. Intentionally. Like, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I just had a few months where that song really caught me and now I you know I don't know what happened. I am really sorry about that. We should put in a word of warning about your hotel buffet breakfast because mm. um, Joel Dommett once got so excited when Slipknot came on stage that he pulled a chocolate croissant out of his uh, pocket and just threw it in the air. So you might get a risk of um, people just throwing their... Yeah, well, Joel Dommett, uh, he chose a protein shake, didn't he, on Off Menu? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, oh, God. Uh, Joel and I had a... We, didn't, we got to know each other during a very strange time where we were both chasing the same girl who starred in 90210 
and <laughs> him and I will both him and I will both have the Lee Ryan from Blue anecdote to share <laughs> just for ourselves. Oh, can you not share it now? <laughs> I can't. I don't know. I'd have to check. I don't know what the rules are. I'd have to check okay. with Joel. Okay. But, you know, Joel and I have. I have an idea of what it might be. I have Joel and I have a, a relationship where. Uh, once every year, I'll probably text him saying we should get a coffee, and he goes, "Yeah," and then we never get a coffee. But you know, we like that's sort of how we both like it. I think. <laughs> yeah. um, moving on from the acoustic set, we're mm. with a friend. Now that's what I call music twelve. Mm. Um, how, how 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 could we possibly follow that? But I do. Have well, question. great question, great <laughs> question, um, and thanks for continuing to listen to this pitch. I am I am importing from uh, onto Hampstead Heath. A wadden golf course from it's, uh, it's a little 90 yard pitch and putt uh, near Royston and we're gonna uh, me and my friends each year play something called the Good Friday Cup we do a kind of uh, a, like a, a, a Ryder Cup version but on 90 yard pitch and putt golf course where we all dress up in you know full outfits and it's quite tense but to give it a musical feel you know people don't listen to full albums anymore do they really what I thought no. I'd do is I'd have the, the golf will take a bit of time because there's lots of different pairings. You've got the four balls, the foursomes. On each hole, I would just have, as far as I can remember, the only nine CDs I think I ever owned, right? <laughs> but they're playing, they're playing live. I would go acoustic again. I don't need this to be not. It's Hampstead Heath after all, isn't it? <laughs> you don't want it too loud. That's the main thing as well. So on the first, and they'll be on the T. They'll be on the T of each uh, of each of the golf of each hole, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's quite, a, it's quite a short course, so they've got to be quite quiet because you wouldn't want the music from the first tee bleeding onto the second tee, you know, especially some of the tees are quite close together. So yeah. on the first tee, while you're teeing off, Alanis Morissette will be playing Jagged Little Bit. It's like rain. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Acoustic, yeah? Of course, yeah. Yeah. On, on the always, second, always. On the second, and there's a tricky bunker sort of halfway down the fairway. Ocean Colour Scene will be playing Mold and Shoal. Third is a short hole, um, and if you hit the wires, the, the electrical wires, your shot must be replayed. There's a tiny <laughs> pond there. I'll have definitely maybe Oasis playing definitely maybe there. Brilliant. Uh, is it wait? Is is it fully fully formed? Is it like nineties Oasis or is it just is it Nolan Liam basically? Yeah, Has I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I th anyone <laughs> would put their differences aside to to play the Heath. So I think I think I think you're right. <laughs> this could be the moment. Um, <laughs> this is what they've been waiting for to reunite them. Uh, on the fourth hole, um, Stereophonics are doing the whole of performance and cocktails. Good album. And then on the fifth, Blur are doing part life. <laughs> and on, yeah. the, on the sixth, Paul Weller's doing Stanley Road. I, I didn't love the album, but I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you buy all your albums in a three year in about three, three period? A three month period, basically. <laughs> three months. There were a couple of outliers. Um, uh, on the seventh, Black Grape are playing. It's great when you're there. I don't really see them as a golf course band, but we'll go with Black Grape. <laughs> I mean, we'd have to check with them. Interestingly, um, and and you know. I don't know if, but did Bez go with Sean Ryder to Black Grape, or did he? Did he just was he just in the Happy Mondays? I think he was just in the Happy Mondays. So, so someone told us that Bez was a Man United fan or something, and me and Barry were doing our radio show, and they were like, you know, quite often you get you know famous person who supports a team. Man United are playing Everton later. Let's find out uh, how Bez thinks it's going to go. And then Bez came on the radio and spent five minutes telling us about how terrible fracking was. <laughs> <laughs> The producer was looking quite surprised, but me and Barry were like, if Bez wants to talk about fracking for five minutes, I'm happy to listen. And uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, he, we, made, we made him our fracking correspondent. He, he hasn't been on again. But... <laughs> was this when he was trying to be an MP? I'm not sure, really. It, was, it sort of took us all a bit by surprise, but like the, the, the difference between Five Live and Talk Sport is quite interesting. And I've, I've worked at both. And like, I remember... I remember doing a show at Five Live about the budget, and it was a, 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 in a factory. It was 10, till one in, 10 p.m. to one in the morning, not my best hours. And I had to get there at five to this factory in Manchester. And they had, I had the finance, economics correspondent at the BBC, a political correspondent. I think Chris Mason was there. Um, I, had an, I had two MPs, I had some factory workers. I had like briefing notes of about five pages of A4 for each guest. They'd yeah. all been vetted and they'd all been, you know, checked. Whereas the next OB I did was outside at a pub near Wembley for an England game, me and Darren Goff, where I got there at three and no one else was there. And everyone got there at like quarter to four, plugged it in and went, off you go. And actually the shows were broadly quite similar in, in quality. So <laughs> I'm guessing that yeah. no one rang Bez about what he thought about the game. They just found a number and said, you come on, you can talk about whatever you like. Um, on the eighth hole, Radiohead are playing OK Computer. Nice. And on the ninth, um, Travis are playing the single, uh, <laughs> Sing. only cd that we had at university and i think it has a it has a queen um a cover version of don't stop me now but we listened to that those four really? songs about a million times in our sort of very shitty 
university kitchen. So that is that is uh, that's that's the, the pitch and putt. And I, I mean, Amazing. I, I, I'm surprised more festivals don't have pitch and putt. <laughs> I mean, they, they tend to go with the, uh, the fun fair and the dodgems and the big wheel, but are they missing a trick? Well, I think so. <laughs> Get the bands to do it as well. Right. Uh, so Clubhouse, Gospel Choir doing their own thing. What's next, mm. Max? Yeah. Oh, so next, um, uh, we're going to have a picnic. And it's Hampstead Ooh. Heath. Lovely place for a picnic. My wife loves a picnic. And she also loves Coldplay. There's a lot of snobbery around Coldplay. And like I said, I find music snobbery one of the most frustrating things. I liked them before they were good, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this is just like, like what you like, it's totally fine. And I don't know if you saw that. Did you see, you might not have seen that documentary about Coldplay, that they sort of, some guy filmed Amazon. them. Yeah, some guy filmed them yeah, from like when they're 21. Brilliant, like, brilliant. Chris Martin is a force of nature. Like he is, he's like extraordinary. Like he's yeah. just, his his energy is I, like, I'm not a massive like I, I didn't like I've never seen them live I quite like quite a lot of their songs but I don't I wouldn't call myself you know like a super fan or anything but like I found him like really inspirational in this and like a kind of confidence without arrogance when he was young and you know then when they were trying to make it to where they are now and you know and, I, and like, like I said before I, I just I you hear some songs you think I reckon people who love Noel Gallagher and hate Coldplay, Noel could have easily written one of those songs and then they'd love that song. And when yes. you see their performances in like massive stadiums in Sao Paulo, you'd think, God, why am I, I spend my whole life on Zoom with Barry Glendening. What, you know, <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why aren't I doing that? You know, so, so I'd have, so the picnic would be, it would be, there'd be a lot of, you know, just a, two or three classic hummuses, a lot of probably some like, like uh, Tyrrells and kettle, kettle chips and Tyrrells chips. So at the moment, the Tyrrells naked, the ones without any salt, are really enjoying them at the moment. Um, oh, not tried them. And uh, my wife is sort of in charge of ancient grains, you know, your quinoas, your buckwheat, <laughs> those kind of things. So she'll be, she'll sort of have that covered. And, uh, you know, there'll be some sausage rolls and things as well. So that'd be nice. So just a picnic with, a picnic with Coldplay. And that's from about two till about five. Lovely. So are they, are they playing, obviously they'll have to fill that time with more than one album. Are they just doing a full set of whatever they would normally do? They, I'm giving, they can have free tours, they can play whatever they want. If people, like, like people can go up and take requests, you know, like lean over the stage and he'll just mind or he'll lean forward and go, what, what was that? You know, 
you know, when you I've go already played that one, mate. I've already uh, played that yeah. one. Have you got have you got like a prayer? Have you got, have you got that one? <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it in a minute. I'll do it in a minute. Um, it's, it's any collaborations like uh, Jay Z or Beyonce who they no, no, no. I just want this to be. I want this to be pure, please. That's one of the things like we talked about Chris Martin and Coldplay having quite a bad reputation. But you look at the level and the you know of the people that he collaborates and works with, and they've obviously got a huge level of respect for him and the songwriters he's written for. So who am I as a lad that lives in Salford that's never picked up an instrument in his life to say that Chris Martin can't write a song if Jay Z and Beyonce want to work with him? And even for me as a you know as a lad who lives in trendy East London and has picked up the clarinet. <laughs> you know i had a look i had a really i had a tough i had a obviously had a tough upbringing in central cambridge like we didn't even have a full-size harp in our, in our music room <laughs> <laughs> they split all their royalties like tw four ways fully didn't yeah. they like chris martin so. gets the same as the other three which i think is a really honorable thing on his part to do um definitely which isn't reflected in this podcast that I get 75%, Tommy gets 75%. <laughs> you can learn to edit then, mate. <laughs> Is this podcast, how do you make, how does this podcast make money? I'm really missing a trick here, aren't I? With the, I need to learn. Um, we, we don't actually get all the bands, we just take your money. Oh, <laughs> and just run away. <laughs> um, after, after picnic, Coldplay picnic, five o'clock. Uh, here's where it gets good, guys. Are you saying it's not been good so far? <laughs> no, I'm just like, I mean, every part of it has been, I would love this day, right? I really would actually love this day. Um, get out the bean bags, okay? <laughs> this is really good. And, and, I, and I've, this, is the, this is the one part that I've, I've witnessed before. Um, me and my wife went to the Royal Albert Hall, right? <laughs> they put Jurassic Park on a big <sighs> screen and the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra played oh. fucking music. That's what Fuck we're doing man. from five till seven. So that's what we're doing from five till seven. We're all getting beanbags out. We're going to watch Jurassic Park. Let's face it, amazing movie. And we're going oh. to, and, and the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra will play the score. And that is. That's since, great. Since it's a dream festival, we could just re we should just do a Ooh. live live recreation of Jurassic Park. Get Sam Neill oh. down. Get the dinosaurs no, no, down. No, 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 I don't. I don't want that. No, do you know what? I've made a mistake here. Can we just can we just just a quick five till seven? I had quiet time where you just people do with their own. Oh, time. okay. And right, the movie okay. and the movie starts at seven. <laughs> quiet time for everyone, or just you? Quiet time for anybody. You can just do your own thing. Yeah, if you need to do a bit of admin, get your laptop out. There'll be good Wi-Fi in if you just want to just go for a little stroll or something. Me and my wife often have quiet time or we just, you know, like stick about time where you can just, you can be in love together on the sofa, but you're actually just both scrolling through Instagram, not talking to each other. It's an important part of any relationship. 
Is that the? Have we still got more to go, or have we got a nine o'clock? <laughs> no, no, no. Do you know? I, I did. I thought um, I'd try and. I don't. I do love dancing, and I do. You know, but but like me and my friends were never cool, right? So in in like the early two thousands, when a lot of my mates had moved to London, I was still working at Porter Gavin. We would every Friday night, I would get the train down from Cambridge just and keep on a mate's floor. But we would go to this pub called Walkers, right? which basically basically sort of lawyers went to on a Friday at about 5 p.m. and they'd have all left by 7.30 and there'd be just like 20 of us and we'd just give an, iP- we'd give an iPod to the, the bar and then we'd just play what we wanted until one in the morning and like no one would, you know, no one else would be there. And it was like, it was, it was great. You know, I had, we had some, you know, the, the sort of... the Roxy, great. The Roxy was sort of our... You know, we didn't go to anywhere cool. You know, whenever I've seen cool things, I've gone, why am I, what, you know, this Ronnie size gig is quite repetitive. <laughs> I, you know, I, like, I'm not cool enough for this. So, 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 so 9 p.m. on the main stage uh, is the 90s covers band that I uh, had at my wedding party and they were called Sega and the Boombox. And <laughs> they could do everything from the 90s. So Rage Against the Machine, Coolio, Bewitched, you name it, they could do it, and they and they <laughs> nailed every single song. So we're going to have them for a couple of hours, and that's all you really need. A lot of dancing, lots of you know, just uh, he was brilliant. The guy, the sort of the, the lead singer, they're both the singers. It was uh, they were really good, and they're very good value. And I'd recommend them to anyone. And obviously, I understand that doesn't mean a whole lot, but if you're frustrated, you know, five hours ago you were teeing off, and Kelly Jones was singing to you. So you know. <laughs> wind it in if you're disappointed with this part of the gig did you did you audition a few bands before you picked them for your wedding i know that's a, having gone to a few weddings where they've had live no, bands on no didn't audition them just sort of that thought they looked good and and they seem to be able to play so i you know my wife is eight and a half years younger than me so there's a sort of there's an area of music that crosses both our tastes so like early Britpop is is before her time and you know, the sort of later, you know, you know, she loved the Spice Girls because she was 10, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, but in the middle, there's this like, there's this sweet spot of music that we love, both, both of us love, which is sort of from that. So I would get them until nine, then at 11 o'clock, um, I'm still going and that's extraordinary for me. Like, I really am surprised that wow. I'm still awake. It's been quite a day, really. And I, I haven't really fa- factored in dinner. So I think, you know, probably have to think of some sort of restaurant, some, some sort of food, you know, East, you know, East London trendy food truck, that kind of thing, just to bring that in. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get Daft Punk to come on at 11 and play the first nice. five songs from the album Discovery and then leave. One more time. Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> Even though they're like one of the most coveted festival sets, Glastonbury have trying to be, been trying to get them for years. It's just five yeah. songs. I just want those five, yeah. The first five in that <laughs> order, please. Because that's how I know. That's how I know they are. That's how I listen to them in that order. I mean, I haven't listened to them for quite a while, but I think one more time. It's, it's, is, Track three. Yeah, so like Digital Love and One More Time, like all the yeah. big hits. And then is, is Better, Stronger, Fitter, Faster, that one or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So those yeah. five, that's really good. And then just before midnight, um, John Farnham comes on and sings the voice. And the whole thing goes off. This is, I think I say this every episode, but this is the most chaotic festival that we've had. <laughs> it's it's going to be hard behind the scenes to move. If you think about even the breakfast buffet to like, to, to, to like ship, because you want it to be seamless, but you know, you've got to get rid of Maxi Priest and bring in Aswad, you know, like <laughs> all those kind of like, just they've got to rehearse a lot to get it on point before we turn up. So and you know <laughs> oh god um you know what you know what's also what, what i'm thinking about is yeah. is um when you when you first pitched it i think it was something like what was it 200 grand for 10 percent or something like yeah, that yeah and i'm looking at the acts i don't i mean i think you're gonna have to go a bit higher with the uh i think s express would do s express s express can't be expensive these days <laughs> <laughs> Also, I'd just like to point out that all the bands and all the performers have to be on stage with John Farnham when he's doing oh, the voice. Like a bit of a thank you for the music. Yeah, no. yeah, that that would be really that would be so good. <laughs> like the, the like, like the end of Live Aid. Yeah, exactly Aid. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not, not only have you managed to reunite Oasis at one point, you've now got Oasis and Blur sharing a stage together, which we, yeah. we never thought oh, would happen. Look at no. that. That's so good. Actually, Chris Martin has done, he got John Farnham on stage when he was playing in Australia, which is like, it's, it's, the, it's like the Australian unofficial national anthem, the voice. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great idea. Could I possibly somewhere, like Gimme Shelter is like such a brilliant song. And is it the start of The Departed? I mean, it's so brilliant.
I'd just like the Rolling Stones to come on and play Gimme Shelter somewhere. I don't really mind where it is. Uh, okay, well, sh- should just... we stick them? Should we stick them in just before John Farnham? Matt? Okay, yeah, that's a good between idea. John, John Farnham and Daft Punk. Yeah, great idea. Yeah, you could just have them come on between every single act while they're while they're doing the stage behind them. Rolling Stones come on, play Gimme Shelter, go off. The next band come on. It, it might be a bit. Mm, of a... No, I want it to be slicker than that. I don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure Scorsese used that in about three or four films. It's what also in uh, Goodfellas. And who, who the the is it? What's her name? Is it Mary Clayton, who's the woman singing on it? And she's done a cover of it, which is also like her. Yes. her and I think they've somewhere they've got her vocals like just isolated, kind of isolated, and they are just unbelievable. Do you want to? attempt to run through the festival <laughs> <laughs> this is usually this is usually a 20 30 second bit to round up the podcast i'm gonna give it a go i'm gonna give it a go um right so max rushton your festival is well i mean we'll start off saying that it's different to all the other festivals we've had in the sense that it's only across one day which is fine it's your fest you can do what you want so we've got the Heath at Hampstead Heath. It's a, it's, it's a hot day, not too hot, but it's 22, peaking at 25 degrees with a cool breeze. So it's all on one day, starts at 10 a.m. If you're late, you can't come. The latest you can be there is quarter past 10. Uh, you've got a hotel buffet breakfast, decent fry up, and a live, <laughs> a live acoustic set of now 12 by each individual artist, other than a few. Um, I'm not going to go through all them. Uh, then we've got our important Wadden Golf Course. Wadden, Wadden Golf Course, is Wadden, that right? Wadden, Wadden sorry. Important, sorry. Important Wadden Golf Course, which is a 90-yard pitch and pop. Each hole is uh, soundtracked by one of the nine CDs you've owned. And it's on the T of each hole, and it's also quite quiet, I've written down, so we'll, we'll say acoustic sets again. Uh, the first hole, Alanis Morissette's jagged, <laughs> jagged little pill. Second hole is Ocean Colour Scene's uh, Molesley. Sh- how do you say that? Molesley Shoals. Yeah, that's it. Uh, third is Oasis doing Definitely Maybe. Four is Stereophonics. What was the album there again? Uh, performance and Cocktails. That was it. Five is Blur doing Part Life. Six is Paul Weller's Stanley Road. Seven is Black Grapes. Um, Max Gorm, what's the album called? It's great. it's great when you're straight, yeah, I think. Yeah, okay. And eighth hole, we've got Radiohead doing OK Computer. And on the ninth, we have just the single version of Travis's Sing, which I believe is four tracks, and there's a cover of Don't Stop Me Now on there. Am I correct? I think so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and in the clubhouse, you've got a gospel choir just doing their own thing. After that, we've got a picnic. Um, your wife loves Coldplay, and... You've got two or three classic hummuses, kettle chips and the like. Uh, so 2 till 5 p.m. we've got Coldplay just doing their thing, doing what they want, no collaborations. 5 to 7 p.m. is quiet time. <laughs> and then after <laughs> after quiet time, quiet time or admin time, bring your laptop. Uh, we've got good Wi-Fi. Um, after that, it's beanbags out. 7 to 9 p.m. we've got the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra playing Jurassic Park whilst we're watching Jurassic Park. 9 to 11 p.m. we've got 90s cover <laughs> 90s cover band Sega and the Boombox reasonably priced and very good. 
11, uh, 11 p.m., which is, you know, it's later than Max usually goes, but it's, it's you know, it's your festival. It's your big day. We've got Daft Punk doing the first five songs from Discovery. Uh, on the changeover between that, we've got Rolling Stones just doing Give Me Shelter, and ending the festival is John Farnham doing The Voice, joined by every single act who's played at the festival. Max Rushton, it has been your fest at the Heath and what a pleasure I think the council I think we'll approve that won't we Johnny I'm still just I'm just I'm looking at the turnover and now I've got to say I'm out <laughs> <laughs> what a day that is though think about that what a brilliant day and everyone gets to go home like there's no camping that's fine Hampstead Heath will be totally clear the next day for dog walkers and uh, you know the nice middle class people of Hampstead to just go about their days now, now that we've, no, sorry, now that we've done it, um, mm. and you like talked it out, are you leaving early or are you, are you staying for the, you know, the whole? If you if you tell me John Farnham's there at the end, I'm there at the end. <laughs> nice. It's been, it's been a journey. <laughs> <laughs> Max, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Max. My words, that was episode 13 of Your Fest, probably the most chaotic episode that we have had yet, the most unique festival, and one that I think I would quite enjoy, but uh, that's, our, that's our, you know, long-established format out the window. Um, all subsequent episodes might just be anarchy from now on, Tommy, I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, Max is the first person we've had who's done it, done the whole festival in a day. Which is fine. People can play around with the format as much as they want. That's uh, you know, it's their dream festival. But I, I, I always find it's quite. Uh, it usually turns out for a good episode when there's someone who's not necessarily the biggest music fan or the biggest festival fan, in my opinion. They're usually some of the, some of the rarer, more interesting episodes. Definitely, and it's our first uh, airing of. Jurassic Park, our first airing of Sega and the Boombox. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they'll be coming back from any subsequent festivals, but we'll have to find out. Anyway, if you enjoyed this episode of Your Fest, you can follow Max on Twitter at Max Rushton. You can follow Your Fest on Twitter and on Instagram at Your Fest Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter. Please don't follow me on Instagram. Some of you aren't listening to that. At Johnny Gabriel. And you can follow Tommy on Instagram and on Twitter at Tom Andrew Stew. Wait, hold on. Tell me more about that. Oh, people always try and follow me on Instagram despite my concerted efforts. To <laughs> so uh, we'll be back again next week for episode 14 of Your Fest. One to look forward to. I know who the guest is. I'm very excited about it, but you won't find out until next week. You know, leave them on 10 to hooks, Tommy. That's how you get more listeners. Here we go. That's how we get them in. That's how we get them in. We'll see you again next week, episode 14. One I'm looking forward to. Hope you are too. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.